This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and with me this week, two fantastic human beings, Nick White. Hey. And Kate Scotchless. Hello. We are back, folks. I know we've been off and around, and we've been doing some weird episodes and doing things that maybe you didn't expect, but you know what? 2020 is a year of change and insanity. And so, you know what, we're sticking to it, uh, but we are going to continue on a regular episode this week, and I'm going to ask the question that I ask every single week, how have you been, and how have comic books been? Let's start with you, Nick. Well, as you said, uh, 2020, uh, new, uh, new someone else, because I'm not changing. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, Michigan Weather Watch, it's honestly the nicest weather it's been in a long time. The sun is out, uh, it's, uh, it's shining, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm not participating in it as, um, mandated by my government. So I'm just looking at it, which honestly for me is my preferred interaction with the weather as just something I observe, whether on my phone or whether through a window. I mean, what is, what is a window if not a slightly older version of your phone? So, uh, think about that. There's some food for thought. Uh, (laughs) Think about it. Who's been inside a long time? Me. Um, so uh, in terms of what I've read, I did read uh, Dick Tracy Forever. This is by Michael Avon Oming, who wrote it and did the art. Uh, Taki Soma did the colors. Sean Lee did the letters. Uh, for those unaware of Michael Avon Oming, he's done a lot of independent projects. He did Peace perhaps best known for doing powers with brian Mm -hmm. michael bendis Mm -hmm. um amongst other things look i don't have a lot of knowledge of dick tracy i haven't seen the movie i haven't read more than a few of the comic strips uh most of my exposure came via dick tracy dead or alive um courtesy of lee michael and laura allred it was truly a family affair uh with rich tomaso on art duties um uh, most of my knowledge came from that book which is absolutely bonkers it's it's uh it's it's a wild wild ride uh but most of what i know of dick tracy comes from that and then the fact that i had these walkie talkies modeled after tracy's wrist radios from the 1990 film uh, mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. mom got them at toys are used and they weighed a pound which probably explains why i have these bony ass weak wrists now thanks a ton and um <laughs> Wait, did you say you went to Toys Are Used? Toys Are Used. It's a lo- it it was I was going to say it was, but it still exists. A uh it's a local uh used toy store. Um Okay, I yeah. thought that they, like you just didn't know that it was Toys Are Us and you thought it was Toys Are Used as in yeah. like multiple letter use. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. I mean, I think I get the idea of what it is. I mean, I think um, what my mom said is like, why go to Toys R Us? Like Toys R Toys R Used has like two extra letters in the name. It's got to be so much better. This is where we're shopping. Um yeah, okay, pick okay. something out and we'll we'll go we'll uh, we'll take it back and uh yeah, that'll be yours. So, um yeah, my mom got me those, and and they weighed a lot. And um, I, I'm pretty sure I think at one point, like my grandpa modified the signal to like m- send out for more than like ten feet, um, <laughs> which like the FCC probably wouldn't want to hear that. But uh, my grandpa's <laughs> deceased, so good luck going after him, FCC. Like, uh, try me, FCC. Yeah, come on. Uh, you got bigger fish to fry right now, anyway. Um, probably. I don't know. Um. But I think kind of like the appeal of Dick Tracy when I was thinking about this 
and kind of my my main reason for reading this book is that I think a lot like um, the James Bond franchise or the Aliens franchise, like the character of Dick Tracy doesn't have like a massively well-known lore or character history. And before all of the Dick Tracy fanatics, I don't know if they have a name, I'm sure they'll let me know, roll in and be like, oh, Dick Tracy has a storied past and uh, he has like two different marriages and and three kids and everyone knows this. Look, the the public at large does not know or care about a lot of this stuff. How how does that voice go again, Nick? Yeah, yeah. Could you give me some more lines that you would expect from these people? <laughs> Look, there was a movie with with Al Pacino, and yes, there was a movie with Al Pacino, and and Warren Beatty, I think that's who played Dick Tracy, managed to do something that only um, Warren and 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 um, Adam Sandler would do later with Dick and Jane, which is that both of them managed to make Al Pacino look really, really stupid. Um, so. <laughs> I guess that's an accomplishment. Now we're going after Al Pacino. Just you notice the targets just keep getting bigger and bigger. Nick, who are we going to go after this week? The FCC and Al Pacino. Okay, good. Um, who's had coffee today? I did. Um, <laughs> good. So you, we knew. We knew. So like with like with Tracy, like you have these iconic symbols, right? You've got the fedora. You've got the big yellow jacket. You've got the wrist mm-hmm. radio. And so much like those other franchises, there's just a few powerful signifiers to work with, and then you just build whatever story you want around that, which allows for a lot of freedom, I think. And um, Oming basically tells this story that weaves three interconnected plots uh, between the, I think it's 1931, the present, and then 2031. And so you kind of, much like the title Dick Tracy Forever sounds like, uh, you're getting this semi-generational story between all these different um eras and it's it's pretty enjoyable oming's art i I realize isn't for everyone he has this sort of strange hard geometry to his characters faces especially the eyes which can be off-putting for some people it almost looks kind of picasso-ish to me um don't ask Mm -hmm. me to elaborate on that i've only been to about four museums i can't tell you much on that as the resident art expert yeah i was gonna uh, say i've seen a picasso before (laughs) i've seen an exhibit of picasso's I agree. And, and you've seen Michael Avon Oming's art before, so you... Yes, you, yes. I, I definitely read and dropped one of his books in the past, so definitely. <laughs> Perfect. Um, anyway, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I think I would definitely recommend this book to people who maybe don't feel like they know a lot about Dick Tracy, because as I just said, really, there's just a couple like signifiers people attach to, and that's really it. Um, he's got a really goofy ass rogues gallery, and I think that would probably be one of the main reasons I would I would say go read this book. Uh, one of the guys he deals with is like a smuggler at the docks who literally his head. Uh, it's not literally. I think it's lit- It looks like it's a giant head of broccoli. That's like what his head looks like, and he's green. Um, Great. So yeah, and then there's like prune face, which again. Uh, the the name says it all. He his face looks like a giant prune. Okay, I, I think that's who Al Pacino played. Actually, maybe I I don't recall. I know that he, Al Pacino had a lot of face makeup on in the movie, though. You you sold me on the other Dick Tracy book. I don't know if you sold me on this one, but I'm I may be willing to try it if it keeps the kind of goopy goofy antics that I I liked from the movie. I don't know. Yeah, I mean to be in in in. In total transparency, yes, I think the 
I think the All Red book is um, a better book. Um, I think this is an interesting follow-up. I would say if you... This is like a hyper-niche scenario, but I guess if you looked at the All Red book and you went, oh, geez, I kind of actually wish the art was more like All Red, I think this is closer to that. Um, Whereas if you... I mean, I'm sure some people looked at the cover of the All Red book and said, wow, this looks really cool, and then they saw Rich Tommaso's art on the inside and said, I don't think so. Which to that person I say, your loss, but I, I get it. Like yeah. I get it. There is a there is a gulf of aesthetic differences between Michael Allred and, and Rich Tommaso. So Yeah, yeah. Um well Kate, what about you? What have you been reading recently? I have been reading uh, more Strangers in Paradise, which I remember talking about last time I was on here, and some of you were thinking well, weren't you last on a, a regular episode like months ago? So you must be several volumes deep now. Yeah, um, definitely, Kate, right? Yeah, 100% <laughs> is absolutely not true. I am on volume two and last spoke about volume one. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, is I have a lot of homework and uh, work that does not stay within the workday window, sadly. Right, so. Right. Uh, I don't get that much reading time, but these were lent to me by a colleague and highly recommended with the caveat that they didn't really get into it until volume two. So I was interested to see what the difference is because volume one, I was like, okay, this is pretty kind of wackadoodle slice of life, right? It's about three Mm -hmm. friends, Francine, Kachu, and David, and them being in relationships and not being in relationships and screwing people over and being screwed over and just the regular like people being people but kind of ramped up kind of slice of life comic. It's black and white, all written and drawn by Terry Moore. And so then you get to volume two and somehow this slice of life comic morphs into like a crime drama and it gets way more interesting and i'm like yeah because why wouldn't you just totally shift the genre of your book (laughs) um so it's definitely a lot better so far i am not finished it is nine nine issues and i'm like i think five through so maybe halfway um it is available and it looks like a lot of other volumes of this are available on comics unlimited so if you like me are shut in and still want access to comics i think that's a really good deal right now the series won the best ongoing series eisner at one point and was like highly acclaimed and all that so i think from what i've read and what i've been told by the person who lent it to me um because they lent me the trade paperbacks that it just keeps getting better so i am definitely going to continue with the series and am enjoying it so far i think the best thing about it to me right now is the way that the faces are drawn is probably the most expressive i've seen in comics in a way that isn't super cartoonish you know how cartoons can be really exaggerated emotions but like this is realistic enough that you can get really subtle facial expressions of how someone is receiving the other person's words and like the way Mm -hmm. that is really important in interpersonal dynamics and stuff when you're navigating relationships between these three people. And it's just so good. I And it's also black and white and sketchy enough that I'm like, 
I could start drawing. That's a thing I could do in my apartment, right? <laughs> and then I pick up a pen and do a little. I'm like, oh, I have the skills of a fourth grader. Never mind. This is just frustrating. <laughs> How about you, Mike? Oh, I've I've been uh, I've been all right. Um, I, I w- will say one last thing about Strangers in Paradise is when it comes to slice of life. I mean, anything can happen in life, right? That's so like, completely why true. not? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I don't like. That sounds ominous. I don't. Yeah, I mean, suddenly be- your life becomes a crime drama. Who knows? Uh, maybe the next it's going to become a fantasy because you drank a weird potion that someone on a corner gave you. I don't know. Slice of Life comics can do whatever they want. It's true. Well, for me this week, I've been reading, I, I should say not just this past week, but the last couple weeks, I've been reading kind of not a lot. I don't know. For some reason, when I'm stuck inside, all I want to do is watch TV because it's so much easier to just like plop down in front of a TV. Um, Kate, I know you and I were talking about that before the show started. I totally relate to that. Um, but I did read a few things. I sat down and read Bang Number 2. Uh, much to Kate's chagrin, this is not about the energy drink. It's actually about um, Complete action. false advertising. Yeah, it's it's a comic that's that's not about energy drinks, but it's about action characters like a James Bond character or a John McClane type character. And so like after number one, I was certain that this book was going to be very good, if only because I think I really like how Matt Kent takes on genres in some ways. Uh, I think he has a very good understanding of the spy genre. And so I think thought, oh, OK, this is going to be more spy shit i'm on t- i'm on board for that um but number two decides to kick you in the face with a different right turn and instead says you know what we're actually going to talk about action heroes we're going to talk about a diehard slash john mcclain type character and i really dig how matt kent is building his story by providing these little backstories for each of the characters so far we've got two i'm guessing that number three is going to have something different um but you get these backstories about these characters who they were why you would dig them as like a literary character um because they're all supposed to be literary characters even though this was clearly like a john mcclain character in in number two um and he's slowly building this lore in the story, finding similar elements to connect between these different action heroes. Um, and I like how plain it is. I like that you could probably pick up number two without having read number one and been fine for the story, mm. which I think is really, really smart. But if you've read number one, you would actually dig number two even more. So I'm I'm curious to see how the rest of this series goes. If I'm not mistaken, this is going to be a mini series, so I'm very excited to see where the end is. Um, but man, it's it's got a really fun twist in it that I really really enjoyed by the end of number two. So um, if you haven't picked this up, I think you know Matt Kent, Fredo Torres, with letters by Nate Picos, um, colors by Nayong Kim. This book is is killer. Either grab it in singles or wait for that trade. It's going to be a book you don't want to miss for sure. Um, otherwise. I did read Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Volume 1. This is the Boom series that basically relaunched all the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers stories. I know for a long time, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was being published by Clips. Clips with a Z or something like that. And I think they were, or Paper Clips, I think is what they were called. And they were like this really, really small publisher. And they had this massive license that they were okay (laughs) with Bandai or Saban or whoever makes it. And... Um, I think they lost the license for some reason. Maybe the company went under. I'm not really sure. But now Boom has the license for this. And so I read the Volume 1 reboot, I guess. Uh, This is by Kyle Higgins, Steve Orlando, and Margaret Scott with art by 
Hendry Presetia, Corin Howell, and Daniel Bayless. I, I couldn't find any specific credits for some reason, but those are the names that were on it. Um, I will say that nostalgia mostly got me for this book, but let me give you guys a brief overview in case you know nothing about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, there's five teenagers. They gain these powers via power coins from an old godlike <laughs> character named Zordon, who's been in constant battle with an evil witch who lives on the moon. Her name is Rita Repulsa. Rita, hell-bent on conquering Earth, sends monsters down to destroy everything she could take over. Well, specifically, I guess, Angel Grove, California, for some reason. And Zordon sends the rangers off to stop Rita from destroying the world. These teens, they also get access to these massive dinosaur-ish themed mechs called Zords, because Zordon is a little bit full of himself. Um, And they are themed to match the characters or the powers or the color of the power coin. I don't know. We've got... The only reason I knew this was because I knew the intro of the, the show or whatever, but it's Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth Tiger, Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, if you've seen the show, you're saying it in your head right now. But then there's Tommy, and he's the new kid in school, and Rita brainwashes him, giving him some ranger-like powers, but in the end, the rangers broke the brainwashing with friendship. I I don't really remember, and the volume isn't really clear as to how Rita lost control of Tommy, but all we know is that Tommy is now on the ranger's side, and the, the problem is that the rangers don't trust him. They 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 don't trust Tommy at all because he's kind of encroaching on Jason's turf. Da- Jason teaches don't all these it. little kids. He don't teaches them it. like Taekwondo, and Tommy knows some other sort of fighting. I, my guess is it's Capoeira because it would just be perfect if that's what what he knew. Crane um, kick. Something. And so, you know, Jason Sensei asks if Tommy can come in and also teach these kids some sort of kung fu and Jason has this thing for Kimberly but she seems to be into Tommy so there's all this drama and this is basically where volume one starts with like this preconceived idea that you know all of this stuff um so you we've got the characters not trusting Tommy you got the characters kind of they all work together as a team but when Tommy shows up things always fall apart because Tommy's being haunted by these memories of Rita and when he was a bad guy and when he fought against the rangers and for some reason his zord isn't like responding to his controls like there's all this really interesting tweaks on the original tv show that i really really liked um i like that they weren't trying to stick to the actual storylines like similar villains similar you know goldar is still a thing and uh bulk and skull are still a thing and everyone's got the same names but they weren't trying to stick to the you know little closed off serialized tv show um that was coming off instead you've got just this one big story arc about like tommy's kind of redemption and fighting off these haunted feelings that he has still from from rita um they introduce a new villain i i think on the whole this is really good because i'm a fucking sucker and like i said nostalgia hit me really hard um bulk and skull are incredible in this they're stupid but definitely needed and if you don't know who they are they're these two guys that go to school with the rangers who are these teenagers in high school they do not like the kids that are the rangers but they love the power rangers so they are obsessed with the power rangers instead of a like a cable access show that they used to have on the old tv show now they have a youtube channel which totally works for the story makes it feel really modern um and yeah, I don't know. This this whole book was great. Um, and I, since I read this for a book club, someone asked me a really interesting question. Like, how did you feel about the Rangers having cell phones? And I was like, it kind of defeats the whole point of them being super cool with these instant communicators that they had. Yeah. Um, so like, if they have cell phones, they don't need the communicators anymore. But the communicators also double as like teleportation devices or something. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. I, I really dug it. There was a handful of kind of cringy panels where you could tell that they clearly needed to have the whole team standing in a panel saying, Ugh. go, go, Power Rangers. Um, and they, you know, they did the transformations and stuff like that, which were kind of like they were a good throwback, but it also felt like unnecessary page use. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to keep reading this because like the first four issues of this series was awesome. And I'm there's 10 volumes out and I am on board to continue <laughs> reading Power Rangers for some reason, at least whatever's in Comixology Unlimited. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I dug it and I. I think if you liked Power Rangers, I think you would really, really like this. Like the original Power Rangers TV show, I think you'd really dig it. I don't know if you guys watched that at all when you were younger, but it it feels the exact same. Can I say I just I just hate that all of what you just said made sense to me. Um, <laughs> like no, Nick, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's something we grew up on, right? It was like you just spoke to like four years of my life in five minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. The thing that's important to remember that I remember about Power Rangers as a child is that Power Rangers is for babies, little babies. <laughs> and it was my little sister's favorite show. And uh-huh. I was way, way too mature for such nonsense. How, how many years older than your sister are you, Kate? Two and a half. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. She I get was it. I get a it. Okay. little baby. Kate, Kate and was I mature was a very at the time. big kid. Yeah. 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 Way too cool. Way too cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I I really enjoyed it. Like it was a nice I guess like trip down memory lane in a weird way. Um the, one other thing I do want to mention is the art was actually I mean, the art was really good on the whole. Um it felt like a generic capes book. Um the one thing I'm glad that they didn't do is try to like match the likeness to the original cast because I think oh, that would have been God. super weird. Yeah. Um but they do have the same aesthetic, right? Like like in the TV show, all the characters do wear their primary color <laughs> when they're in like plain clothes, which I always found to be really funny. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't try to match anyone's likeness, which was good. And it feels like you could, it feels like it's owning its own style and look without having to like pay too much homage to the original series. Um, and again, one caveat here, I will say, yes, I know Power Rangers is based on a Japanese TV series called Super Sentai. And I realize that it's a completely different thing. I don't want to dive down that rabbit hole because I did during my book club and, you guys have no idea how many types of Super Sentai slash Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series there are. I want you both to give me a number, and I'm going to tell you that it's too low. Give me a realistic number, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that it's too low. Well, I mean, let's see. You got Power Rangers. And you Just, got, like, no, no, what? no. No thinking. Zio, Just give me a number. Just Ninja give me a number. Force. Um, 10? So it's going to be more than that. So like 15. Okay, Nick, you're done. 15 is your number. We're cutting you off. Kate, what's your number? 20. 20. Okay. Well, um, I want you both to know that you're wrong. Um, And I'm sorry for being rude about it. But I was shocked by the number of actual series that exists out there. Um, Because Super Sentai, on its own, as a Japanese series had like 40 plus different uh ser- like different series. Now, I'm just going to I'm actually going to pull up the Wikipedia right now even though this is not something that we normally do on the show. But like I said, we we're trying new things. So <laughs> Super Sentai series The new podcast were, is just reading Wikipedia pages. Please. Well, oh, oh, I think about 40. There's 40 Japanese series, right? And as far as the American series are concerned, 
24, 24, 26 if we count the super versions of some of the, the regular ones. So, yeah, it's insane. What? It's insane. Anyways, um, that's all I wanted to do. Sorry to waste everyone's time. Uh, let's talk about comic books that are coming out this upcoming week. Comics are dropping on March 25th, 2020. What are you both excited for this week? Let's start with you, Kate. I am excited for The New Mutants by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 1. I have not had a chance to read this as it's been coming out. Okay. Because time and money i since moving i have not been getting uh floppies at all i there is a shop here that i know of and keep meaning to go to but it's it's like not in a part of town i like enjoy driving to because it's very busy traffic anyway the point is haven't been there and so Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. i'm very reliant on trades and i think this one will be a good one to purchase on the internet and have sent to me to my home uh I think you're going to be very pleased with it. I'm, I'll, I'll say that. I'm excited. So why am I excited for this? First of all, the cover on Previous World looks awesome. Second of all, mm-hmm. New Mutants. Third, there is no third. C1 and 2. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> A very I carefully mean, structured argument. Yeah, I I, Ivan Reese, man. Ivan Reese, it's incredible art. And I mean, if you notice, the collection is like numbers one, two, five, and seven. And that's like because you're just getting the Jonathan Hickman story about the mutants on the cover, which I appreciate that they're separating them out. Um, Yeah, Kay, I think you're really going to dig it. It is a really, really fun story. Just to correct you, Mike, it's Rod Reese, not Ivan. Oh, I'm sorry. Rod Reese. Thank you. No worries. Uh, but yeah, you know, since you're you're all about interrupting, um, Nick, what's up with you? What are you excited for this week? <laughs> since just I made a valued contribution week. to the show. Uh, yeah, how dare you? <laughs> um, for me, it's definitely going to have to be uh, the Transformers versus the Terminator number one. This is from IDW in collaboration with Dark Horse, and it's a four issue miniseries. It's written by David Marriott and John Barber. Uh, and Tom Waltz, so that's kind of weird. Like, once you hit three writers on a book, I get nervous and ask yeah. what's going on. But I It's not will usually a good tr- sign. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make me as nervous as three artists, but um, still. There is still one um, kitchen and many, many cooks. <laughs> yeah, sure. so Marriott's been an IDW editor for quite a long time. Barber's uh, IDW's editor-in-chief. He's written a ton of books. Most importantly, he did co-write um, Transformers vs. G.I. Joe, so that's a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. And Tom Waltz is perhaps best known for scripting the 2012 IDW reboot of TMNT. So it's all kind of like very much super in-house IDW staff. Um Milne, the artist, uh, Alex Milne, oh, sorry, Alex Milne is the artist and David Garcia Cruz is the colorist. Um, Milne is unsurprisingly also spent a lot of time at IDW uh, drawing Transformers books such as Lost Light and More Than Meets the Eye. So, um, yes, that's fucking awesome then. You're you're in in good hands. Yeah, it's a, again, it's like a very, very IDW in-house sort of operation. It doesn't seem like they brought in anybody uh, from the outside to do this. Uh, the previews description is, quote, uh, it's Skynet versus Cybertron in a crossover for the ages. <laughs> All right, calm down, guys. Uh, 1984, uh, when a deadly race of machines emerge from another time, 
Will a robotic guardian be able to protect the Earth from a dire future? Which I love because during that sentence, you can't actually figure out who are the Transformers and who's the Terminator. <laughs> Maybe they planned it that way. It's genius. If not, it's mm-hmm. poorly done. Um, or will the T-800 fail in his mission to prevent the world from becoming a plaything for the Decepticons? So... When I heard the title, I just assumed it was about an evil T-800 and some good Autobots. And that's what happens when you assume, right? Um, You make an ass out of Nick White, usually. Just me. Just Nick. (laughs) Um, So when I heard that these were flipped, I was like, hmm, okay, you've got me interested now. That's That sounds kind of like something I'd be into. And I'm sure some people are like, oh, but Nick, the Terminator was good. And what's arguably the most famous and best Terminator movie? Terminator's been good before. Most people think the Terminator's good. All right, look. All right, I get it. It's fine. That's fine. I, I get that. All I'm saying is uh, it's surprising to me that they're doing this again. I'm really interested to see whether or not they're actually trying to integrate this into the Terminator films and whether or not they're doing like an Arnold likeness or something like that. I've I've seen the cover art by Milne. It kind mm-hmm. of vaguely looks a little like Arnold, but I'm not totally certain. Who knows? They might not even have likeness rights anyway, right? So Right, um, right. It's but. good to know that uh, Dick Tracy fans are also big fans of Terminator. They probably um, they they yeah. would be like they're both very like niche kind of opinionated crowds, and it's sure, like sure. you know uh, they hang out together, especially folks that are big on the on the lore of Terminator um, or what what remains of the lore. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that's a Terminator T eight hundred Mark Four. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Duh. So. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> for me, um, I'm excited for X Men number nine this week. This is Jonathan Hickman, Leno Francis Yu. I mean, what else can I say? I, I, you know what? I will say something. We got Brood. We got New Mutants back in town. We got the Shiar. We got X Men, folks. It's a nonstop party in this goddamn utopia. I can't think of a X book right now that takes place on Krakoa that doesn't feature at least one or two pages of people just partying their goddamn asses off. So, like, I don't understand what's going on in Krakoa, but can I be there? Like, can I go to there? Um, all, all I want to say is, though, really, I, I'm excited for this book. X-Men has been consistently good for me. Um, I, I've been digging it quite a bit, and I want to say I really, really love the way that you draws Goliath, um, one of the Shi'ar Guardians slash head of the Shi'ar Guardians. Uh, I, I think he's he's drawn in such a stupendous way like you draws very beefy like muscly folks in general but i specifically love the way that he's drawn goliath um in the past and if i'm not mistaken in this book so definitely pumped for this and i just want to make a small shout out to pretty deadly volume three which comes out this week as well i'm probably going to pick that up as you know on top of this oh i want to get that too yeah dude it's gonna be it's gonna be super great uh, but yeah let's take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about comics that took us forever to get to and why so we'll be back in just a second for our show this week we are talking about comic books that took us a long time to get to and really asking the question what took us so long to get to those comics if they came highly recommended or if they were something that we thought were right up our alley but we just never actually sat down to read them 
what's the deal with that? What's up with not reading comics right away? Um, so I guess, Nick, Kate, I, I got to ask, like, what are some of those things that were on your list? I know I have a bunch. Uh, maybe I'll just throw to you, Kate. What was something on your list that you were like, I can't believe I didn't get to this until recently or something? Yeah, so... There's a lot on my list like that because I am perpetually behind in what I want to be reading. And they fall into a few categories of like just the time and money aspects of comics. So like not having time to read money if I I library wait a fair number of books because I don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of spare cash for comics. Um, The things that um, like in terms of web comics in particular I did not so many people recommended f- different web comics to me but the whole idea of like going to all these different websites to read them like each check each day or whatever was like someone explained their system to me what at one point in the like 2013 or something like that and I was just like nope that's too much work um, and so when the line webtoon app came out making it super easy it just aggregates all of these things that like reduced the friction of reading them so that was another one and then there's series that i so there's like you know how some books read better in trade because they're not um contained well enough to yeah i read east of west i get you yeah yeah (laughs) and then some books not only read better in trade but each time a new trade that comes out you basically have to reread all the other trades that came before it to even know what's going on. Right, right. So for books like that, I have sat on them basically until a series is done, if I know it's ending in the near future, to then just read mm-hmm. everything at once. Um, so I guess one like that for me right now that's sitting waiting for me is Wiktiv. I already have read volumes one through six, but I was holding off on seven through nine until it wrapped up. And... Mm-hmm. Now it wrapped up and I just have to find the time to, I'm going to reread all of them um, and then read the new ones. So, Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Wiktiv, I can totally understand with, I, I read that like month to month and even no, then I feel I like I need to go so back and actually lost. reread it. I, I yeah. tried, so I actually tried picking up seven. I own seven and eight and seven I picked up and I like had re-skimmed number six so i was just like i don't remember who any of these people are i need to go back and read like what all's going on to get really get something out of the story yeah yeah it's a big story i guess the final thing is like sometimes i've had books that i didn't read for a long time because so many people were telling me they didn't like it which is kind of the opposite of like that it was recommended by some people but then others really were vocal about not liking it and so i held off and then was surprised to find out when i did try it that i fell into the camp of people who was were recommending it so lumberjanes was like that for me uh which is on hoopla right now if you need a good cheerful girls being awesome kind of book to uh read by yourself or read with your kids who are also cooped up with you but the so many people when that was first coming out were so vocal at least in my comic book club in undergrad about how much how stupid it was how much they didn't like it and when I finally got to it, I was like, what are you talking about? This is delightful. Um, so that that's another category, I suppose. Gotcha. Yeah, I think um, I definitely, like I said, I understand the Wiktiv thing. Like I, I did that with Chew. Yeah, um, that's I, another one I had been one reading like Chew that. for a really long time. 
And so when volume 12 came out, I told myself I couldn't read it until I reread the whole series. And then I did, and it was super worth it. It was so super worth the payoff. The um, that keeps yeah. me from reading more of Chew is that it's so disgusting. Just, like, so nasty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't gel with Rob Gilroy's art, I totally get it. Because, like, the way he draws some things, it is just gross. Yeah, I read it the first volume when I was like after my ankle surgery and so I was like nauseous from painkillers already and then reading it and I was mm-hmm. just like I'm not having a good time <laughs> yeah I gotcha what about you Nick are there any any books that you put off for any particular reason sure I, it's it's a great question I I think first and foremost uh for me it's it's less about putting off books because I've heard negative things or, or somewhat negative things. And in a lot of ways, it's more about putting books off because just at the outset, like people have recommended them to me, which I think just turns into like an authority, you know, um, authority issue where people are like, you should read this. You need to read this. And then like, if you can get like a, like a cutout visualization of my brain, like it's like my brain escorting the book to like brain jail and being like, stay Mm -hmm. here in the deepest recesses and you're not going anywhere. And then if someone's like, Hey, you really should read this book. I'm like, all right, maximum security prison for you. You're never going to read this book. Um, so like a lot of, a lot of books that Mike's recommended are sort of like in the, in my mind's equivalent of like Riker's Island, basically like that's where they've been trapped and they're, Oh God. Ooh, that's a deep cut. Super jail. I like it. I I think that's, that's part of it for me. I like another one for me is like books that have just been amassing all sorts of like trophies and awards and praise and medals and, and the, the half of the pull quotes on the back of the book are from Barack Obama and it's like, this is the best book ever. Sure. I'm not going to try to do a Barack Obama impersonation. It won't be good. Um, and uh, and then I get scared to read the book because, like, I know the moment I read the book, people are going to be like, what do you think? And, and, like, a perfect example for me would be, like, March, right? The March trilogy um, by um, Congressman John Lewis and Nate Powell and uh, mm-hmm. Lewis's assistant. I think his name's Andrew Aiden. Aiden. And, like... I enjoyed the books. I thoroughly enjoyed the books. They were great. The art was amazing. It was a wonderful story. But I was worried that, like, when I finished that, if I just, people were like, what did you think? And I went, oh, they were really good. People would be like, that's what you took away from it? Like, don't you have, like, five paragraphs of how, like, life-changing it was? And it's like... Where's your 5,000-word think piece on this? Exactly, exactly. And that's why I get scared about touching, like, all of these, like, super praised, you know, praised books. And it's not that they aren't worthy of praise. It's that I'm worried that when I'm done with it, people are going to want, like, my own special think piece that isn't, like, re rehashing everything that everyone else has already said, even though those are the exact same things I'm probably going to say myself. Right. Um, you know. So so have you read any of these books? Like <laughs> we haven't gotten to the so I've read sure. these books now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean I'm, like I'm so 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 March is is a great example of that. And I have read March. And to be honest, I have another one just like March in terms of like all of the praise and all of the awards and a really serious uh, moment in American history, and that's um they called us what is it, they called us enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got that sitting on my shelf from the library right now and uh, exact same thing like I'm really daunted to pick that up because I know I'm gonna have to 
say like you know I, I have no doubt that I will find it impactful and powerful and just as um, moving as everyone else I just uh, I'm worried that I'm gonna have to have some really momentous think piece afterwards you know for people this to is, this is why you just at. read these books and you just don't tell anybody until years later yeah that's, that's the idea yeah yeah Right, because like, inter- like I think after you know, as time passes, there's less of an expectation. Like, if if like a couple years after Watchmen came out and you were like, it was fine, right? People would be like, what do you mean it was just fine? Like, surely it resonated with you on some like body, you know, body, mind, spiritual, emotional level, right? But like now you can just say it's fine and and no one right. gets mad, right? Right. Um, Anyways, so you've read March, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, I've read March. Uh, okay. Another another good example uh, for me would be like Lone Wolf and Cub. I just read volumes one and two. Um, I read volume two last night as uh, as the Hoopla app warned me that I had one hour and twelve minutes to read two hundred pages. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was good. like get on it. <laughs> I did it, by the way, um, and that's by <laughs> Kazuo Kazuo Koike wrote it. And Goseki Kojima uh, drew it. Uh, it originally ran from 1970 to 1976. Uh, this manga was adapted into six films, four plays, a television series. I think it also had a video game. It's 28 volumes, each over 300 pages. So um, it's kind of small. It uh, <laughs> cult audience clearly. I mean, it is never small really took in manga off. terms. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only 28 volumes of 300 pages. What a yeah. failure. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't say like, it's a failure, but I would say that it's as far as like a successful manga is considered, I would say that that's actually kind of small. Right. I think I, I think one piece has ruined you, Mike. Like, I think the fact that this isn't a book that like families haven't had three to four generations born and exist during the course of it. Like, it's a sure. it's a fail. Everything's a failure now. No, like, I'm uh, not calling it a failure at all. I am I am just saying for a massively successful series, like this is a medium length series, right? Because massively successful usually runs, and I'm I'm not joking, like forty I to know, fifty that's volumes. Why it's funny. Listen, get off of my shit, Nick. <laughs> um, Anyways, you've read this book. You uh, you've been sending me screenshots of it. It looks beautiful. Yeah, and 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 I put this off. I think really for a couple of reasons. One was just I wasn't really familiar with or interested in manga. I'm still not that familiar with manga. Obviously, um, for those who've listened to the show, I've obviously kind of been slowly inching the door open a little bit more and a little bit more until you see me Naruto running down the street. I just imagine Renee and Mike with the axes from The Shining just ba- yeah. just chiseling away at that door. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the problem is, that to keep with Nick's metaphor, you know, if he's he's inching the door open, but that's like oh, like just, just cracking the dam on the manga and you're in the middle of the Hoover Dam and it's it, it doesn't work like that, Nick. You're going yeah. to be overrun. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 have, I, I see what you're getting at there, but, um, again, much like, much like March and, you know, they call this enemy, you've got this book again that has monumental praise, all sorts of people from all different media outlets are saying it's, 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 it's a big deal. It's a game changer. It's got awards. It's got a trophy case full of all, so, full of all sorts of, you know, I guess trophies, right? That would make sense. 
Um, and so I, I, I just get daunted with that sort of stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I know that either I'm supposed to have the same sort of experience or I'm going to just have to keep it to myself, right? That I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, and and in terms of this book, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You you follow this guy named oh boy here here go some name uh, some name butchering Ogami Ito and his young son Daigoro Ito mm-hmm. as they seek revenge on the Yagyu clan for the murder of um, Ogami's wife slash uh, Daigoro's um, mom and. Uh, they, the, the, this clan tries to get him to commit ritual suicide after his name is dishonored, but he abandons the path of the samurai to become an assassin. Uh, he was the uh, shogun's executioner. This takes place during the Tokugawa shogunate era. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I know this book has gotten a lot of um, praise for being a, a fairly accurate historical depiction of things going on at the time. Uh, thankfully, there is a glossary in the back, which makes it easy. Even though, um, even though we talked about uh, with our meetup yesterday, uh, some solutions for me being able with like a PDF to like jump back and forth between the glossary and my current page, just to make things easier. Because that was getting kind of hard. Because it starts to turn into like almost like a school assignment where they're bolding all of the big keywords, and you're just like, oh fuck it, what does that mean? Shogunate, god damn it. <laughs> Right, All right, right. Look it up, right? And uh, at a certain point, I did. I'm not sure if this will be true for other people. I was like, you know what? I'm a human. Um, I've I've had some <laughs> slight to moderate schooling. Um, yeah. I have a core understanding of context clues. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> some of that confidence was misplaced. Um, so for, for those people you, uh... thinking, like, I believe in myself, like, whoa, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> like, think about it. Yeah. Um, for all you non-humans out there, we're sorry that Nick insulted you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a low blow. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, honestly, just uh, if you're thinking, like, I believe in me, like... Do some self exploration, and Jeez, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm I'm joking, everyone. Self empowerment's important. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this book. It's it's um it's it's pretty violent. It's pretty brutal. Uh, it doesn't hold back, but uh, it's gorgeous. It's it's uh, it's unbelievable. The artwork. This is this is one of those books, and I think we've all encountered those where you almost want to say don't ever let this book get colored like please well, yeah. don't do it i mean it's um, it's a it's a manga i mean they don't traditionally recolor manga unless there's like a huge huge push for it by the fans right and doesn't that sometimes like this, happen when this stuff comes to america like america basically makes the push for you got to put no. this in color i no i i think the the only exception of that would be there's two that i can think of one is akira and the yeah. other is dragon ball z i was right? gonna say and dragon the, ball yeah and the, the reason for that is dragon ball z has such a strong following in the anime that it's like we just wanted to match this with the anime right and akira the same thing the movie was so well regarded that they wanted to match it to the movie um but yeah, I, I I I wouldn't say that that's a common occurrence. I mean, manga fans out there get at me, but I don't. I think didn't that Gundam I'm get colored too? 
Yeah, so Gun but Gundam was colored by the creator, right? Like Gun the Gundam creator came back and was like, Hey, so I worked on the movie. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna recolor this whole thing because I think it actually works well. Um but I think that wasn't like an Americanization of it. That was like the creator coming out and being like, I'm doing this because it looks that good. And as someone who went in has, is reading through the, the original Gundam um, mobile suit series that, that was published in like these beautiful hardcovers, it is so fantastic. And the whole series isn't colored, it's just like the first collection is and then every so often in the in the collections later you get like four or five or six pages that are colored and it's beautiful it's absolutely gorgeous watercolor yeah anyways complete tangent um no no it's fine i I think like this is a beautiful looking book from what you show me i i own the first four omnibuses i've never actually sat down to read them so maybe uh, i should do this like physical yeah i have them in physical and they are fat little monsters yeah 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 uh, for, for those people who, who want to try something new, who maybe are a little bit hesitant about getting into manga, again, the most common reason we hear a lot is people think of manga as only being shonen. That's not a knock against shonen. It's just simply, this is one side of manga. There are m- many others. This book, uh, it has a little bit of humor. It's also very serious. Um, it's got violence. It's got sexy stuff. Uh, wh- whatever you're looking for, it's here. Um, yesterday I kind of came to the epiphany that this book is basically The Witcher before The Witcher, because you've got this guy who's serious, doesn't talk much, uh, he just makes grunting noises or is just largely silent, and then just brutally murders 16 people, and then goes, hmm, and, uh, and he's saddled with having to look after his two or three year old son, which if you think about it, that's basically The Witcher if you swap out the son for Yaskier, um, because he's also like a, a small child who can't take care of himself. So great. Um, great. For those who like that dynamic, this is basically that. Um, uh, another one that I would briefly say, kind of, I had to put off for a long time would be "My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies" by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and I think it was Jacob Phillips on colors for mm-hmm, this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this isn't a knock against the creators. This isn't a knock against the criminal franchise. One, I'm just not that big into criminal. I think that was part of it. Uh, the other part is just the fact that it's like, and I understand it. All right. I get why it was priced this way. Like, I'm not saying, geez, it would be nice to have been four bucks, but like, I think it was like $18 for like a 85 page OGN. That's just hardcover, hardcover too. That too, that's just hard for some people to swing, and it was hard for me it. to swing, and I so I, I waited until it was on Hoopla. I still definitely recommend this as a book. Gotcha. Those are just the reasons it got put off, that's yeah. all. If you haven't read it, and you're on the fence for the exact very same reason, it's on Hoopla, go check it out. I think I talked about it maybe a month or two ago on this podcast anyway, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, well, for me... Uh, I mean, I, I relate a lot of, to what you guys are talking about. Like Kate, you know, we, we talked about the wicked and divine thing. I yeah. think that should be like a, we should go back and reread that as like a group or something. Cause that book is serious. And I'd like almost need two or three or four people to talk to about it because what the fuck is going on sometimes? Right? Um, there, there's so much that happens in that series, but, um, yeah, for me, I've had a handful of books that have been just like sitting in my backlog for forever. I mean, I don't necessarily need to go through them through them all, but I had a handful that kind of stuck out. Like, I bought a copy of that book Mooncakes that came out last year. Yeah. Hmm. Um, this is by Suzanne Walker and Wendy Zhu. Um, and I, I've been sitting on it for a while, 
And if you just search mooncakes on uh, Twitter, it does not come up. But or excuse me, on Google, it does not come up. I mean, if you search it on Twitter, I'm sure it'll come up. But it uh, it is a book that like I was like, oh, this is this is beautiful. I really need to grab this. I've heard so many positive things about it, and then I bought it and it just sat on my shelf for like months up until like I think a month ago or so maybe less than that I just was like you know I need to fucking actually read this book and I was a little intimidated by it because it was such a big book and I know that like you know you can spend a day sitting down to read comics and it's like oh I'll read like you know 12 single issues no big deal and that's probably more pages than a graphic novel but when you've got a graphic novel in front of you it's this weird like oh I don't just want to eat this one thing I want to have a variety of things to eat I want this you know a plate of different you know whatever um, so, you know, sitting down and, and reading Mooncakes, I was a little intent, it, it, intimidated by it because it was kind of thicker. Um, but really, it was that was a mistake because this book reads so fast. And that's not for a lack of dialogue. That's not for, for a lack of interesting art or anything. It just is a really, really, really solid OGN. Um, it's broken up into different chapters. It's broken up like a, you know, a collection would be. But um, it is one big OGN. And from beginning to end, you are pulled right in. Every single character is interesting. We've got grandmas that are kicking ass. We've got, you know, long lost friends that kind of become something more question mark there's magic there's technology there's like evil witches and good witches and and bad choices made by people and and ghosts and so many different like feel-good moments and and trying moments and moments where your character the characters are in like this these dire circumstances um it's such a beautiful book and i don't know why i resisted reading it for so long um other than just the size of it but really i think i i got through it really quick and it would almost be worthwhile to sit down and read again because of just how great the art was and how like well paced it is like i haven't read an ogn in so long that was so well structured um they clearly had a beginning and end when they were planning it um and to see it broken up into chapters it's like this is what i want every single mini series to be that i read and yet i got it in this wonderful little package of an ogn so i i don't know why i resisted so much i i should not be so scared of thick books i guess that's the only advice i can give you <laughs> i you know in a similar vein think. So we should let that sink in. Um, but in a similar vein, like it took me forever to get to Mr. Miracle and Gideon Falls, even after they were on Hoopla. I mean, time and money were the reasons that I was waiting for library waiting for them anyway. Otherwise, I totally would have gotten there. But then, right, like you were right, saying, right, right. like when you check them out, it's like you're checking out the big bulk thing. And as Nick alluded to with the like, you have the time limit and you're like, oh, do I do I am I sure that I have enough time to read this to use my credit on this and all this stuff? And mm-hmm. um, and but then once I did, man, Mr. Miracle and Gideon Falls both are fantastic. They lived up to yeah. all of the hype that I had been hearing forever, which I was very nervous, like Nick was saying, where something gets too much hype and you're like, oh, I don't know, like. I don't want to be a naysayer yeah, I- like and it just like <laughs> exactly I don't, I don't want to have an opinion on this book too many people are arguing about it and but no the, both of these were fantastic I have not finished Gideon Falls um, but the so far very good yeah I mean Mr. Miracle is it's one of those books that you're like how can this quite honestly live up to the hype right um even as someone that was reading it like slightly month to month, I kept delaying my issues. So I would read them in like batches of two or three. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can people be this positive about a book? And then you read every single issue and it's like, holy shit, yeah. they did it. They fucking did it. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Love that book. I I, I have a like I own it digitally, but I I bought the graphic novel because it's just oh it's just that beautiful of a series. Um, another one that I was like super resistant to, and this one will actually probably hit to hit home with more people. Um, was, I read Sir, uh, Southern Bastards recently. Um, or I finally read volume four, I should say. Like Southern Bastards has been out for a long time. Like I want to say. 2012 am i going crazy here no on i this? think you're right i, I mean it's, it's 2014 yeah. 2014 even still 2014 the series started coming out and i know that they've had massive delays jason the tour and jason aaron have just been busy 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 folks i mean we're talking about two of some of the biggest names in marvel for a hot minute i mean jason aaron is still like he's a pillar over there right mm-hmm. Also working on this series, Southern Bastards. And Nick, I know you were reading it on and off as it was coming out. I know you dropped it. I know uh, that you uh, definitely were someone that was kind of hyping it up. But I don't take people hyping up books as like a reason to not read them. But um, even still, uh, I... (laughs) You're a normal human being. That's fine. Sure, sure, sure. But like I never got around to it because it seemed like such a heavy book. Um, It seemed like a book that had just a lot of... I don't know, something that was going to just bring me down and I was I never felt like I was in the right headspace to read it. But then I went on a trip at some point and I was like, you know what, I'll just... I I'd snagged volumes one through three and then volume four came out and I grabbed it and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read all these. And so I, I blew through volumes one through three because holy shit, this is the slowest story in the world and God help you if you don't have all three volumes or all four volumes in front of you because... Oh That's my the gosh. biggest issue. Yeah. Yeah, like I can't ma- I can't imagine reading it month to month. And I read East of West. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> so I mean, sit- sitting down yeah. and reading all three volumes was was great. And I super I got super hooked. And then for some reason I put off volume four for like four months or five months because I I think like on my trip I read volumes one through three and I was like, I don't want to start volume four because my plane's about to land. And then I just never went back and read it until maybe like three or four months ago or two or three months ago. And holy shit, what a what a book! Like I'm kicking myself for not have read it the moment I sat down and bought it. That's honestly one of those books where I think the month to month user experience and the trade waiting experience are so massively different. Mm-hmm. And and even then, like this book has had, I don't even I don't know if you you can even really call it delays. I think it's just gone on hiatus a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, a ton, and I, I, it'll be so interesting once the series wraps, if and when, um, to have someone read all of it at that point um, and have their thoughts on it versus like someone who's been around since the beginning buying it in floppies. Because yeah, um, yeah, honestly, I, I think whoever whoever has been waiting on this book um, is going to have just a much 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 better experience because it's like. Ugh, it's taken so long. And then, like, either the second or the third arc is... I think the... Like, the first arc is, like, really, really interesting. And then it's like, hold on, because the second arc is all about the coach, right? Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. an origin arc. And then the third arc is just a bunch of standalone single issues that each focus on specific characters. I think there's, like, a small through-line plot, but otherwise it's just sort of single focus character highlighted issues and you're like come on like i need to get back to like what happened at the end of of the first arc yeah and, yeah oh my it's uh yeah. did you read this book at all no 
Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if you if Nick had managed to you know get his fingers in your brain to get you to read it as well. Um, but I, I uh, yeah, I, I'm really like kicking myself for I've not read it, and now I'm like I wait. I'm waiting for volume five. We don't know if it's ever going to happen, but like I am now one of those people chomping at the bit waiting for this book to come out. So um, I'm, I'm glad that I read it, and I really suggest anybody who wants a seriously good like cathartic story about revenge. I, I really think you'd enjoy it. It's it's so fucking good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Were there any other any other books that came to mind when you're thinking like, man, I really put this off for a long time and I don't know why, or you have a reason why, other than you know some of the reasons we we've already spoken about. Um, Kate, what about you? I don't know if there were any any specific things that you had in mind outside of like Lumberjanes and Mister Miracle. Um, so I also mentioned the web comics. There's actually quite a few web comics that I had discovered once I started using webtoons. In particular, I oh, really right, like right, Trash right, right. Bird and Poorly Drawn Lines. Mm-hmm. And then there's just a whole there's like a whole discovery feature on that app that lets you oh, yeah. find just all sorts of stuff. And it's so quick to just dip your toes in because each one each issue quote unquote will take like three minutes to read which is fantastic when you are busy and have no time but people are late to meetings you know so um but then there's like a lot of other slice of life all all ages books that i had the similar response to lumberjanes to and i i eventually figured out that the people who were so vocal about not liking a lot of these series just don't like all ages books and i'm just like oh well you could just say that instead of saying the comic's bad. So, like, Giant Days. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I don't know that that one counts as all ages, but it is slice of life in the same vein. The, um, yeah. like, Gotham Academy fell into that boat for me where people were saying it was bad, and I was like, are you crazy? Because this is really good. Um, yeah, yeah. And then an- the other things that, in terms of, like, Sometimes with comics, it can be hard when there's so much backlog or history to something. So I didn't read X-Men for the longest time because every time I tried, (laughs) it was just like getting like dragged along the bottom of the ocean by the wave that crashed over (laughs) you and then wouldn't let you go. And I was just like, "Ah, I don't know any of these references or names or people. Um, Yeah. And so finding like a good jumping in place and then being really ready to sit down with wikipedia on one screen and the comic on the other i think helped but there's there's other series like that where i'm just like i don't have the mental energy to figure out what's happening yeah yeah i got you yeah i I, x-men oh i mean i don't even know at this point like i i don't have the mental strength to try to explain to someone how to get into into the x-men i just tell them just roll with the punches i promise it'll eventually make sense like all they're referencing actually doesn't matter exactly none of the references matter it's all about the current story and if they bring something in they'll explain it to you that's that's all i can really say but um yeah i i totally get that i think the other one that i've held off on sometimes is from pure saltiness where they changed creative (laughs) teams or they rebooted something in a way i didn't want to and i was like i'm not gonna read it anymore and then i eventually well, no one's looking now. Maybe I will check it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this is... Yes, yep. Kate. Okay, yep. good. I'm glad that you're admitting this because I do this too. <laughs> and then you go back and you're like, oh, it's, I guess it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll never know. <laughs> yes, I, I will never speak this to a single soul no, this, until I get super drunk at a party. But yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. 
Well, we don't have to admit any of the series. All we're just going to say is that if we've ever complained about something, you never know. We might have actually gone back and re- read yep. it. So uh, keep that in mind, listeners. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess like I a lot of my other thoughts that I had on this were around like some manga that I just people have been telling me to read, but I was really intimidated by the length of them. Um, and I know that with a lot of these manga, there's no jumping on point. There's just you got to read from number mm-hmm. one and that's it. And so my big one is One Piece and people have been telling me to read One Piece for probably three or four years now. And I'm just like, man, that's so fucking long. And here I am, 230 some chapters oh my in. God, my um, God. I got to get to 900, Wait, baby. Wait, is a chapter a volume or is that? No. Okay. No, no, no. So a chapter is like a, a single issue, okay. um, but they're about anywhere between twenty and twenty-four pages each. So it's it's quite a bit of reading. So like I'm looking, I've looked at my comics read my like spreadsheet that I keep, and it is it is mostly One Piece this year, <laughs> and it's March, and I still have another seven hundred chapters to go. So. Um, yeah, so that's where all my reading has gone. Um, but yeah, it's like One Piece is one of those. Haikyuu was another big one that I, was recommended to me by Renee and a couple other people that I know. And I put it off for a little bit to be like, sports manga sounds stupid. Who would even like watching some people playing volleyball? And then I read like 20 volumes of it. So um, yeah, I, I fell off the wagon. I haven't been keeping up. I'm like, I'm very behind. But um, now that I've caught up on One Punch Man, I think I maybe should pick up Haikyuu, try to read a handful of chapters every week just to slowly get caught up. I'm not going to get caught up. But um, yeah, I, I, One Piece is my main my main piece right now that I got oh I got to focus on. Well, uh, sorry, that's our that show. Was a really, <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was really gross what I just said. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I, yeah, One Piece is my big thing and I'm, I'm finally reading it. And now that I'm catching up on other manga, it, it feels good that I can focus just on one piece and knock out like 20 to 30 chapters every week even though that doesn't even get me close to the proper ratio to catch up before issue or chapter 1000 um i'm hoping on a dream that i'll get there i don't know do you guys have any other final thoughts about this i i mean we we put off comics for weird reasons i i think that's what we've discovered here um (laughs) but yeah anything else you guys have to say about this any other books you want to mention quickly no, I mean, um, like, I mean, Descender is another beautiful one that I hit pause on because I just wanted to read it all in one big stretch. And then they're like, it's done, but only sort of because now there's more. And I was like, but it's a different yeah, name. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, okay, it's time. But I haven't actually started that. I just own all of it because I know I'm going to like it. I just haven't. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. only read the first volume. For, for me, it would probably have to be, like, if, if we're talking about books like me being intimidated by, like, Watchmen or March or things like this and, and worried that I'm going to have to have the most insightful things to say about it um, after I'm done, I think the converse is also true. Like, after after we all attended, uh, some people um, unwittingly, um, by my encouragement, attended the Valiant C2E2 panel, um, I was uh, very... <laughs> very nervous about the 2019 reboot of Bloodshot uh, because Tim Seeley basically came out and he's like, yeah, this ain't your grandpa's Bloodshot. And then he, and then he did the, uh, like the, the attitude era, like, um, you know, the, the, what is it like the triple H like crotch, uh, cross arms thing or whatever. Yeah. I'm I'm kidding. That didn't happen. And I'm not even sure that's triple H. I'm sure our fans will, um, correct me on that maybe i'm right i don't know anyway um so so the flip side for me are books that i'm really nervous about 
Um, specifically, it's as much as you guys were just sort of getting at this book gets rebooted, or a creative team changes, or both happen, um, or you have a book that's clearly being redesigned for some um, outer goal. In this case, it would be the Bloodshot movie. And again, like I said, it gets rebooted. It's being written for a specific purpose. The creative team, a brand new creative team throw on top of that that I don't like the creative team and I get really nervous because not only one do I not want to see what I loved get ruined but it's comics all things are changed right so Mm -hmm. you can't get too caught up in that but on the flip side I'm also worried that I I don't want to come out of it and like totally have to like trash the hell out of something sure um I, I, you know, you, you get worried that you're going to totally hate something and that it's going to be awful and you're going to come out of it and just have all these awful feelings that you're going to have to excise. And the only way to do that is to pull out your live journal uh, <laughs> um, page and just pour it out. And then people read it and they go, wow, what a what an angry fucker. Calm down. And it's like, you know, uh, so basically like- the, the, the lesson for today, everyone um, write this down is uh, hide your feelings, bury mm-hmm, them deep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. put them in a mind prison. And um, yeah, so so uh, yeah, the, the converse does happen for me as well, where you just look at something and you're like, I don't want to read this. But there's also that faint, faint, faint glimmer. And it's faint. It's like 1.5% faint that sure. this could be okay. Because we've all had those experiences in comics where maybe we've stuck on a book after the 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 narratives changes and the team changes and everything like that, but you stick it out. Maybe you're just too lazy to deal with editing your poll. You stick it out, and it's okay. You accidentally stick but it out because you forget to ch- manage your poll. Right. <laughs> not, exactly. Not that I've exactly. done that before. <laughs> you guys yeah. are you're basically describing my experience with most X-Men books, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I stick around despite how much it hurts and how much I don't like them sometimes, um, hoping that, it, you know, things will get fixed. And sometimes it pays off. Most of the time it doesn't. Um, yeah. But anyways, let's, I, you know, I, I appreciate the insight today here, guys. I appreciate um, uh, everyone kind of understanding that, you know what, sometimes comics, they're better than we thought. And that's okay. So you know, let's wrap up here. Let's, let's, uh, I'm going to throw you some credits really quick. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Nick at Death Star Plans. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I try to post semi often, fairly often. Now that I'm stuck inside looking at my phone all the time, I post more often than not. This show and our many subscriber-only episodes are powered by fans like you on Patreon. You can join us now. That's at patreon.com forward slash IRCB podcast. If you haven't already, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love it, give it five stars. You can also join us on our Discord. That's at ircbpodcast.com forward slash Discord. And you can make sure to tell a friend or two about the show. That would be great. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all the music for our show. We love them to death. Go, to, go listen to their new album. It's fantastic. Xander is a wizard, a great high-fiver, a great GM, and just someone to, that's fun to be around. He also edits the show. He's amazing. I want to say thank you to Nick and Kate for your time today and talking about comic books that we've put off for way too long. Thank you to the listeners, and thank you to everyone out there who came and hung out with us this past Saturday on our Discord. It was a blast. It was We were on for way longer than I thought, and that's amazing. I, we can't thank you enough for your time. And until next time, comics are good, and so are you.